You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites, and is brought to you by ZeroMo, a non-profit initiative helping the transition to battery-powered gardening equipment and electric vehicles using 100% renewable energy. So here we are on the uh, M1 freeway on the way up to Brisbane to the Electric Australian Electric Vehicle Association annual conference and I'm riding in a 1964 bright red VW Beetle which now has an electric motor and uh, you'll be pleased to know that I'm not driving but driving is the man who has done this conversion, Nick Lake. How are you Nick? Great, thanks Charles. But it's a um, it's a fantastic little ride. We're just sort of sitting in here and just been listening to this. Um, there's some there's some road noise and there's a few rattles you'd expect from a 1964 VW, but um, none of that sort of engine roar. No, it's great. It's a, it's a stealth vehicle when you're um, creeping through town. People are expecting the old duck 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 of the VW, and it's uh, slips past them. Their heads turning. What happened there? <laughs> So tell me, what, what, made, what, what made you want to convert a, um, a perfectly reasonable 1964 um, red VW Beetle? Uh, I'd always had a dream, probably the last 10 years or so, to do a conversion. And uh, I saw an article in a Wall Street Journal weekend magazine about a fellow in San Diego who was doing these. And uh, it just inspired me straight away. So I um, raced out and bought this red Beetle. <laughs> found an old fella on the Gold Coast had done a great uh, restoration of it and then uh, yeah got a motor kit over from a uh, workshop in the US and uh, yeah pieced it all together brought my own batteries in from China and uh, yeah over sort of 18 months of weekend fun you know sporadically with some mates over a beer in the garage we um, built it Fantastic, and uh, look, uh, we're belting along at 110 kilometres an hour at the moment, or I think within the speed limit, but um, um, it's got a bit of zip in it, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure has. It's got double the uh, power of the original motor, so it really takes off. It's, um, it's great fun at the lights if you want to have a bit of drag. It's, uh, yeah, it's cruising along comfortably now on the freeway here, 110, sitting in traffic. Um, it's a great drive. It, it actually makes the Beetle better. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it's got some zip, um, plenty of acceleration, and yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. Look, um, for all those sort of uh, technical nerds out there, you better give a few sort of specifications of what you've got in terms of battery size and some of the engine performance, the en- engine specifications. What have you done exactly? Yeah, sure. So um, I've got an American motor, an AC50, uh, which has got uh, 50 kilowatts, and that's... Um, roughly double the old air-cooled 1200cc motor that was in here for, for power. Uh, it's coupled with a Curtis controller and we put a, a chilling system on that to, to keep the temperature controlled, just a liquid uh, chill plate and uh, radiator system. And then on the batteries we've got 22 kilowatt hours of um, Chinese batteries Kalb, uh, so there's 37 cells and we've balanced the weight a little by putting uh, 12 of them up the front under the bonnet there where the old uh, petrol tank was and the beetle and then the other 25 are in behind the rear seat tucked in there so lost a little bit of luggage space but still fit four adults um, and yeah that should give me a range for around 130 kilometers 
130 k's. That's not bad. And um, but you've got a few problems with the charge. Well, you, you, you can't use those as a, in, in a fast charge thing. So you've got to be patient. Yeah, it is a patient charge. It's a, it's only a two and a half kilowatt onboard charger. So from empty, you know, it's eight to nine hours to uh, to refeed the beast. But um, that's pretty fine. You know, just plug it in overnight. It's always full in the morning. Um, I love driving it around Northern Rivers in a Byron area where I live. Uh, Fantastic to take the kids to school in, their buddies love it, so uh, whenever I um, take them into school they get a big buzz and go grab their friends and they're peering through the fence. What's, what's your sort of charging pattern then? I mean you probably what, drive sort of 40, 50, 60 k's around the northern rivers and then each day you just habitually just plug it back into the, um, into, into the house and the shed? Yeah that's right, I've got a, just as I said it just plugs into a 10 amp plug, normal power outlet, um, trickle charges. I try and do that on daytime wherever possible. So it's you know solar charge. We've got a 13 kilowatt solar array at home. Um, so plenty of uh, charging um, you know off the sun there. Yeah. But uh, you know my normal driving in, in the Northern Rivers would be yeah as you said about 40 kilometres, maybe 50 a day. <clears throat> so I've got way more than I need capacity-wise, uh, range-wise with the car for that sort of daily trip. Um, you know we're just heading up to Brisbane to the conference today. Um, I had to break this trip up, so I, you know, luckily had my dad lives in Tweedhead, so we had a nice dinner last night. Got up with him after um, afterwards, so um, yeah, it was a, a nice way to um, catch up with family, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you got to plan your recharging. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give some sort of idea about how much this sort of cost? I mean, presumably it's a um, it's, it's an expensive business, or, or how expensive is it? Yeah, it's, um, I certainly put a bit of money in and some would say you're mad, but uh, all up about $30,000 has gone into to the conversion. Um, batteries were around 12000 They might be getting a little less now. They were bought a couple of years ago, so probably seeing some cost reductions on that front. Uh, the motor kits, um, all up with all the accessories and battery containment boxes and whatnot. Yeah, it was around um, 15000 and then a little bit extra and putting it together here and there, bits and pieces. Yeah. Are there many people doing these sort of conversions in Australia? Yeah, I think there's a growing interest. It's fascinating with my work at Energy Lab. We've actually had a, a couple of applications to join our accelerator program where we help clean tech startups and, uh, and they're coming from people who are wanting to convert old um, old vehicles. You know, there's value in, uh, in, in keeping the uh, resources that have gone into these old cars going um, so it's the most um, efficient way I guess with the reuse principle uh, there's a great um, you know business looking at hiring out old Land Rovers um, that have been converted um, another fellow just wanting to do classic car conversions and, and sell them you know particularly the British models which I think was inspired by the uh, the Royal Wedding where Harry and Megan drove off in a uh, e-type that had been converted yes. so uh, you know it was a great moment it's really spiked the interest there I think from right, yeah. what I hear, Jaguar has now set up a, a workshop doing conversions of the retikes. Yeah. And um, and as you say, that it actually makes them a better car. Yeah, I mean it's so much fun and a cool classic car, way more character than you know some of the modern. Um, you know, not to, to put it down an iMeaver or a, a Leaf, but um, yeah, certainly a lot of fun driving an old classic that uh, you know is clean and you know meets your environmental values, but. It's got the accelerated and you know, acceleration and fun drive. Puts a smile on your face. And what's what what, what what's next on the on the plans? You, you've got um, you're going to do another one. 
Yeah, I've certainly got the taste for it now. Um, so this red beetle's probably got to go though. My wife doesn't want too many in the garage. So if anyone wants a lovely 64 beetle out there. But uh, I'm looking at an old Porsche. It'd be also a great conversion. Um, the motor just, you know, in the rear end there, slot straight in. Uh, fairly similar. So all the learnings I've had from this beetle. Um, certainly want to do more. There's a um, Porsche, uh, 50s Porsche model, the 356. The classic sort of James Dean Porsche that's uh, it's caught my eye. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, it is completely zero emissions because, as you mentioned before, you've got uh, 13 kilowatts. I think it is of um, solar on your rooftop. And you've also got batteries at home. So, I don't think you're completely off grid, but you're more or less are, aren't you? Or yeah, we uh, we have a grid connection only for convenience. But um, yeah, we've got uh, 60 kilowatt hours of battery storage. Uh, lead acid batteries were put in um, some time ago. So um, yeah, we are effectively off the grid, and so when I charge my car, um, I'm not drawing any black power. Fantastic, and um, would you ever be attracted to some of these modern mainstream models and things like that, or do you think it's always going to be classic cars for you? Oh, I've certainly got a taste for the classic cars. I think, um, you know, there's some beautiful old British cars, the old Jags, I wouldn't mind having as a daily driver myself, so I, I think I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and how quick do you think this electric vehicle transition is going to happen now? I mean, what's, what, what's the reaction when you're driving through town and people, people sort of look at the red VW and they don't, and they don't hear that noise? What are, what's the reaction that people give you? Yeah, look, they're instantly curious. They, they want to hear the story, you know, the how and the why. Um, and they're inspired, you know. They, so many people say, wow, I want to do that. So I, I genuinely think there's a... Um, a market in classic conversions, but more broadly, just them seeing electrics work in a day-to-day, -day, you know, daily use. Um, the market's ready. You know, the people are out there wanting to drive this way. Um, you know, now there's so many home solar systems too. People are understanding clean energy, see it working on their home. They're getting energy savings on their power bills. Um, and they're ready for the next step, and that is EVs. Absolutely, yes. Well, I don't think uh, we're, still, we're reporting on the driven on uh, a lot of surveys about, you know, at least one third and possibly higher of people want to um, make their next car an electric vehicle. And I just don't think they're making that figure up because that's the sense I'm getting just from talking to people. Yeah, I mean, just watching the sales results in the US on the Model 3 Tesla, it's phenomenal. Like that is outselling um, all the German marks. You know, it's, it's competing right up there with the Toyota Corollas on sales volume. So, uh, that is phenomenal sales success so once the other brands come on and we actually get some models available in Australia um, you know the Model 3 and, and other affordable EVs um, I don't think there'll be anything holding back the, the revolution should happen very quickly you know as you've interviewed Tony Sieber in the past on these podcasts so I think his numbers are right it'll um, the economics will switch very quickly and uh, you know we're almost there once we are there there'll be no holding it back and Nick, um, you also been involved with the uh, solar train in Byron Bay. Um, just tell us a little bit about that and, and um, what you did there, because we've now got an electric train um, powered by solar. Yeah, it's a world first solar train, and its uh, energy uh, production is fully um, positive uh, compared to its energy consumption. So it's a, it's a great project. We've put uh, a flexible solar panel along the roof of the old 1949 classic Red Ratlet style train. Uh, so it keeps the beautiful form of the roof line uh, and those six and a half kilowatt hours of 
solar on the roof, give it a nice trickle charge into the um, 77 kilowatt hours of battery, which is roughly the same size as a Tesla car battery, a, a small Tesla pack these days. Um, so yeah, plenty of power on board, and then there's an additional solar panel array on the um, main platform roof, and when the train's in that end, it's charging off that as well. Okay. So um, yeah, about the same size battery as the um, as, as as a Tesla, you say, but uh, powering a big train, so it needs to charge um, every how often? Well, surprisingly little energy is used by the train. It's a 70-ton vehicle. Uh, it travels from uh, the Byron Elements Resort into Byron Bay, which is roughly three and a half kilometre uh, travel, uh, and it accelerates up to around 50 kilometres an hour. It could certainly do faster, but um, that was the design uh, that we were trying to achieve there. So it just rolls through the back of the beach into Byron Bay. So it's, it's a beautiful ride crosses over Belongeal Creek, which is a stunning wetland area. Um, so the, the train is um, delivering a great public service. You know, there's public transport prices in Byron. Traffic coming into town's a nightmare, it gets gridlocked. So it's uh, a, a real alternative of a park and ride solution for, the, uh, for Byron Bay there. Well done on that. And look, you also mentioned Energy Lab before. Tell us a bit about what you're doing in Energy Lab, particularly with the uh, renewables and the electric vehicle space. Yeah, Energy Lab's a clean tech accelerator program that we've um, had running now for a couple of years and we're focused broadly not just in energy generation but clean tech. Um, we've had a number of electric vehicle companies join our cohorts. We've got 28 companies in total now going through our accelerator program nationally. Uh, and then on the EV front, um, a couple of successes, um, Everty, uh, Corolla there, she runs a business where they're um, plug share essentially, so it's an Airbnb of your charges, so if you've got your EV and you, you need a charge, you can, uh, through your Everty app, find a local private charger, and then the uh, the homeowner there with the, with the charger will get a revenue stream for, for making accessible their charger, and you get to top up and also park your car, so there's a, a dual benefit there if you're in you know Manly Beach in Sydney or Bondi, um, parking's at a premium, you can pull into a private car space get a park and a charge. It's a brilliant service. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to see a whole bunch of uh, models emerging just with the whole electrification, the automation, this whole idea of um, car sharing. Um, would you ever want to sort of share your VW Beetle? <laughs> I reckon yes, yeah. Uh, another company that's coming through Energy Lab most likely is a, a classic car uh, hire business, you know, looking at um, off-road vehicles like old Land Rovers. And I think it's a brilliant opportunity. Uh, the um, Classic cars are so cool and they're a great um, honeypot to attract people to EVs. You know, you get the thrill of a, a beautiful old car to drive and, and the acceleration and fun factor that the EV motor um, adds to it, I think will hook people into the EV story and hopefully get them buying EVs. <laughs> and uh, you'll be remembered as one of the pioneers, Nick, um, in your red Beetle VW and, and then your 356 Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, congratulations and um, thanks very much. And uh, we're still beetling along, as they would say, at yeah. about 110. So, um, well done and thanks for joining the Driven Podcast. Thanks, Charles. Great to chat. The Driven Podcast was brought to you by ZeroMo, the non-profit initiative that supports battery electric alternatives for garden maintenance. 
Zeromo helps transition to cleaner and quieter garden power tools and electric vehicles powered by 100% renewable energy. Visit zeromo.com.au and find out how you can make the switch to zero greenhouse gas emissions for your garden.